When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fight you now. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast for teachers' grade sports' biggest issues. And tonight, we've got Kevin Wilson of Belly Up Sports, specifically within the Fantasy Channels, coming on to talk to us all about the NFC West. He's a big, big Seahawks fan. We get into that. We get into breaking down each team and giving them a preseason grade. So without further ado, let's jump on in. And we are joined tonight by Kevin Wilson, who I want to say a belly up fantasy sports fame involved in a lot of the fantasy action normally, but you're also a Seahawks fan and we're here to talk to the NFC West. How are you doing tonight, Kevin? I'm doing great, Parker. How about yourself? I'm good. It's weird to feel like football is back. We're recording on Thursday evening. The Rams and the Bills are currently it playing. Yep. <laughs> and it, is, yeah. it is back. It is really, really back. We'll get into the Rams in a moment, but you are a Seahawks fan, and I know you've got a lot of ties to Utah, but yeah. talk us through the Seattle thing. Okay, so you know you just mentioned that uh, I'm from Utah, and there are no football teams in Utah, so we've got to incorporate, so to speak. And um, when I was just a teenager, I went into the sporting goods store, and they had a bunch of helmets, you know, how they put them up. Oh, up on the on the wall or whatever and I looked and I saw a helmet and I'm like what team is that and they're like this is the Seahawks and I thought that was the coolest helmet I had ever seen in my life and so I decided okay so I'm I like that and then uh back in the day they had Steve Largent who still ranks even though he's been retired for what 40 years or whatever however long it's been 
is still a top five wide receiver to me all time. And so, uh, and they were an exciting team. They, they, they were in the, in the dumpster in the nineties and then, uh, they made it to a couple of Super Bowls, and then their quarterback was named Wilson for a long time. So, <laughs> so you know, through thick and thin, I've been a Seahawk fan, and it certainly looks like this year is going to be thin. So. <laughs> it does look thin. We're going to get into them a lot more at the end of the episode. We're going to work based on how they finished last season which actually takes us to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals won the division last season, and they had, uh, we'll say, an interesting offseason, uh, certainly in contract negotiations and homework yeah. and those kinds the of whole, things. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> whole spiel there, yeah. Um, Kevin, if you were to guess, what kind of grade do you think the Cardinals are looking at getting this season? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say B. And possibly a B plus if they can get past the six game suspension that Hopkins has got coming to him. And uh, and I certainly hope it's a great season because I've got Murray. He's my fantasy quarterback that I just drafted in this league that I'm in. And so uh, I, I'm all in on him and uh, James Conner. I also took him because he flipped in our draft to the third round so i said okay i'll do it and so uh i'm certainly hope b plus is where they do finish so from a fantasy angle obviously you've got some stuff invested in them what makes you think a b plus and you know call me an idiot i guess but i feel like a b plus pretty high grade so what do you think is going to go so well for them well they've got the weapons and especially you know they they, they brought in uh brown and so uh, he played with the kind of quarterback that uh, that Murray is, of course, with Lamar Jackson. And so I think that he can come in there and he will be busy those first six games. And uh, I do like uh, Rondell Moore there uh, as another number two wide receiver, maybe even A.J. Green. They've got the receivers that they can kind of hold things together until Hopkins does in fact play and he's like he's like a big huge free agent you know mid-season signing and so if they can get through the first six games let's say four and two then they're going to be in pretty good shape I think well and those first six games will be interesting um I think you know when we look at when I think of the Cardinals I think about like Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and maybe it's the film stuff that came up over yeah. the summer yeah, but they got to get over all that whole the whole summer thing i never did quite understand how that at all became public if they wanted that this contract you know and he agreed to it that's fine but then the whole thing went public and the, it just imploded so hopefully they're they're past all that and you know they went out and had a beer maybe later on or whatever <laughs> and so and uh but uh now clean cliff cleansbury he needs to do well this year or he might be on the side of the road by the time this time next year. It really, really might be because I think of them as finishing the season poorly. And you're they hoping did last year they finished it really, really bad. And then if they inject on DeAndre Hopkins in the middle of the season, six games in because of the suspension with performance enhancing drugs or whatever, um, you're, I mean, they have to hope that they have a okay start and then finish strong, predict, 
theoretically, right? Um, right. Do you feel like Kingsbury, Murray, those guys have that in them? They finish with Denver, Tampa, Atlanta, San Francisco are the last four games. Or is this really just kind of being hopeful and optimistic? And, you know, you hope they score a lot of points, but you don't know how well right. they actually um, Those Those last four games that you just mentioned, it's a pretty tough gig. And so they need to be playing well when that, when that comes around. And uh, kind of like, you know, what happens out here with the Cowboys and December rolls around and they, they got to be playing well because two and two probably gets them in the playoffs in those four games if they're playing well before that. Right, right. How well do you think that, like, can they go 500 with the Hopkins out? You think they need to go, you know, because of that tough end of the schedule, they need to go more like five and one, six and oh, like how, how much they have to hold up without, if, you know, their best receiver. If there. they're at three and three, we'll say, or even four and two, I think four and two is, is about as good as you can possibly hope they'll do. And if they're at four and two, and then they've got some cushion in between that and those last four games. So if they're at four and two, I think they'll, they'll play pretty well. And then, those maybe those four games won't matter as much and they can actually because the nfc this year is not the afc fortunately <laughs> for every team right and so right. you can go there's 17 games you can go nine eight or ten and seven and you're going to get in the playoffs so i think that uh ten and seven is about maybe about the I'm, that, that that's the top of the standard for them, I think. So we talked a lot about their offense because that's where the intrigue is. They added Marquise Brown, you know, what happens right. without DeAndre Hopkins, those kinds of things. What kinds of things do you see on their defense? I know that's not quite the fantasy angle. You are a big fantasy, big-time fantasy guy. But what do you see out of their defense, both in the front seven, the back end? Like, do they have any playmakers to keep an eye on this year, or is it really going to be up to Cliff Kingsbury and that, like, offensive style of football? Well, I hope, you know, when it comes to their defense, that it's not up to Cliff Kingsbury. That's not his forte. <laughs> it's never been. He was at Texas Tech where they put up 74 points or whatever, you know, per game. And so uh, he needs I, – I think he's actually got some uh, pretty good uh, play callers on defense. They've got some pretty good, decent defense, which you're going to need to have. If you have to face the Rams twice a year and you have to face the 49ers twice a year, your defense, if it's not top, it's got to be in the top 10, I'm going to say. If you can do that, then you can you can hang in there pretty well. Well, and Cliff's, uh, I guess Cliff is also the offense pointer. His defense coordinator is a guy named Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph okay. had a long career in the NFL as an assistant uh, starting back in like 05, he was a position coach, a DB's coach. Yeah. Back um, when a lot of people watching this were probably in diapers or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> and, and then his head coaching spot, he was a head coach of the Broncos for a couple of years that they were rebuilding. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about that, <laughs> but he's been in Arizona for a while now. And, um, you know, not that it's all his fault. I, I would fault several people involved, but he's weirdly one of those guys that could be on the chopping block when they start clean house at the end of the season too, right? I mean, there are right. high, high hopes in Arizona. You mentioned, you know, 10 and seven, nine and eight. I don't think Arizona's going to be so super happy with nine and eight. Do you? I don't think they would be. 
because that's just barely mediocre. So 10 and seven, if they go 10 and seven, they probably wouldn't be happy with that either, but it will get them at least into the playoffs, I think. And uh, when, when you're, like I said, when you have to play the 49ers and you have to play the Rams four times, if you go 2-2 there, I think you'd be happy with that. And then you got the Seahawks, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> They've always given the Seahawks problems, even when they were not that good. Right. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And they, they'd go into Seattle and they would win. And you're like, you know, Russell Wilson, what up? <laughs> and uh, so I think they can beat them two times. That's four and two within the division. If they don't go four and two in a division, I think we're going to have some serious issues here. You mentioned the Rams. So I want to slowly segue or transition and talking about them as well. As we mentioned at the top, we are watching that game unfold yep, now 24 to 10. So it's not looking good for Rams nation. <laughs> No, it looks like a little Super Bowl hangover, or I guess, you know, maybe Von Miller was really that important. The Rams did win. And and he was blowing their doors off in the first half when I was watching it. Yeah, he made an immediate impact. The Rams did win the Super Bowl last year. Um, You know, you don't bring a guy like Stafford back without high hopes, not necessarily because he's had a lot of success before last season, but because he's clearly a win-now type of quarterback because he is so old uh for for this game i guess i should say he's only 34 but and we we're seeing guys playing to their 40s but 34 is relatively old for a football player what grade do you think the rams will have come seasons in kevin well i'm going to discount this game <laughs> right off the bat because right now it's looking like maybe a d plus but uh i think that uh if they go i'm going to say I'm going to put them at the same levels as the Cardinals. B, B plus. And the only thing that, uh, like I said, with the Cardinals as well, they're in the NFC. And so that helps them out a lot. Maybe 10 and 7 as well. 11 and 6. So put you in the playoffs too. I must say, you know, 11 and 6, certainly in the NFC, I think will make the playoffs. Um, and 11 and 6 in some divisions will win the division. As I look at the Rams, What's interesting is it feels like they have another roster of big, big names, right? Stafford, as you mentioned at the top here, but, you know, even in their backfield, I feel like I've seen Cam Akers name for a long, long time. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Allen Robinson steps in. Yeah, uh, I like Allen Robinson a lot. And I think that he's going to be the Allen Robinson from a couple of years ago, not last year, because it was a straight up horror show. <laughs> that was going on with him. He wasn't healthy, plus he played for the Bears, which certainly doesn't help your situation. But before that, he was he was a wide receiver one in his own right. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was looking at the stats. He had uh, – I got it right here. Uh, da, 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 where did it go? The uh, Rams. Allen Robinson had 200 catches for almost 2,400 yards the two seasons before that. And if he comes anywhere close to that, then the Rams passing game, Cooper Cup is not going to be the same Cooper Cup as last year. It just can't happen because he's had a wide receiver season for the ages. I still think that he could be certainly maybe the best wide receiver. I I think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver, but I put him right behind him. And so there's going to be some recession. There's got to be. I mean, the dude caught 100 and 
I wrote that 147 balls, 149. 145 for 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns. He will not do that again. <laughs> well, but he doesn't need to do that again. He just needs to come relatively close to it. And then the Rams passing game is, is in good shape. That's what I was going to say is I know in fantasy that his individual numbers are what people want to listen to from all that standpoint. But as a whole on offense, if he is close the way it shifts the coverage will help the Rams out as a team. Absolutely. And they'll certainly help Allen Robinson because they're going to have to double team Cooper cup. That's just the way it is. Talk and to me about the tight end position a little bit. Uh, I like t- Tyler Higby yeah. as a tight end. And uh, I think there's some value there. If we're going to talk about, you know, fantasy, he's one of the tight ends. There's always a tight end in fantasy that comes out of nowhere. Like Dalton Schultz a year ago. And uh, he can be a top, guy that you can get i'm sure everybody's drafted by now but uh he might be a guy that's on the waiver wire i would check that and i would definitely put him on your watch list because i think that he can do some things at tight end speaking of the fantasy waiver wire i would imagine stefan Diggs on zero waiver wire she just caught a 53 yard touchdown pass to make this thing 31 to 10 (laughs) So, yeah, so uh, Stephon Diggs is certainly not on a waiver wire. <laughs> and uh, I would imagine that Gabriel Davis is also not on anybody's waiver wire. Let, and, let's talk uh, about the guys trying to cover them, though. It's interesting to see what would happen in this game. So far, I have to, the Rams are, are playing a disappointing game right now. And uh, there were some questions about Matthew Stafford because he wasn't healthy in the preseason. Of course, he didn't play, but that's the new thing nowadays. If you're a starter, you're not going to see the field in the preseason. And uh, and the first, he, he looked okay. He threw a touchdown to Cooper Cup. So there's your first touchdown to him. And uh, he has to be healthy. You can say that about just about any quarterback in the NFL, but uh, he needs to be the Matthew Stafford that he was a year ago. And uh, the running backs for the Rams really kind of trouble me a little bit. And this game has shown that because Cam Akers, last I look, had two carries. Well, so they've been given what's going on with him. They've been given a load more, it looks like to me, to Henderson. Um, Henderson had four times as many carries as he. And so it looks right now like Henderson is the guy that they might be leading on. Maybe there's still something going on with his uh, you know, he didn't did maybe he's fully not healthy. I don't know what's going on with Cam Akers. But uh, I'm glad I had nothing to do with him whatsoever <laughs> when the fantasy draft came around. If we look at the defense for a second, Kev, um, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are the big names. They right. added, yep. you're, yeah. you're a Seattle guy, they add Bobby Wagner as well. Um, and, you know, Bobby Wagner's 32 now. He's not the Yeah, Bobby Wagner is not the Bobby Wagner of old. <laughs> so but they let's certainly recognize that. He could be still an effective player, but he's not the wrecking ball that he was in the Legion of Boom. He does well, and as a Utah guy, he's a Utah State kid too. Um, That's right. I, I guess my question is, obviously they're getting torn apart right now by Buffalo as we're recording this, but what expectations should someone – I mean, Aaron Donald's one of the best players of all time. At right. his prime, Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner, you would say the same. What's a realistic expectation for this defense? Well, their defense – needs to be in the top, I'm going to say, five. 
that has that potential. And uh, any defense that has Aaron Donald on it, and you can make an argument that Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. And uh, he can disrupt the game like no one else. And so if you've got him and uh, you've got one of the better cover corners over there in uh, Jalen Ramsey, and uh, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the great disruptor that's now playing for the Buffalo Bills. Because, <laughs> uh, like I was saying, he was all over the field when I was watching him. And so, uh, yeah, maybe they don't need to be in the top, like I'm saying, but they, they can't slip very far off the mountainside on the defense. No, and I think it's interesting because you would think in a defense that based itself around Aaron Donald would be, but they, they have these three big names. And like we said, Wagner and Ramsey on the older side of their career. So I guess Donald does too, but he just still looks so good. Right, um, he just blows people's doors off. And uh, I, I worry about like, you know, is Leonard Floyd going to be relied on a lot? And what does he look like at 30 years old? Um, you know, Tyler Rapp at safety. I, I just, I worry that some of their guys are maybe past their peak in a way that- There are a lot of them that are, and that's the way that they- plan that whole thing because they played to win the uh, last year yeah which, of course they did and so the you know the train could come completely off the tracks right now and they've got a championship and i don't think that the rams because it's it's hard to win back-to-back championships in the first place because no one's done it since the patriots in 2004 something like that and so I don't look for them to – they can win the division, but I don't see them getting back. Maybe they could even get back to the Super Bowl, but winning it, I think it's a different question altogether. Well, and to be fair, you know, they, they went to the Super Bowl a few years back and played the Pats, had a big offensive, like, you know, uh, disappointment, and then came back and won it a few years later. I think most fans would be happy about – you know, a run like that. Well, they better be happy with it. Um, the they team, don't have like what a first round pick till for 2035 or something. <laughs> the and there team, comes my cat to agree with me right there. So. <laughs> the team that will benefit the most from the Rams kind of, you know, pumping the brakes or going off the tracks or whatever feels like to me, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Niners the 49ers are a legitimate playoff contender. And I'm sure, you know, our friend Justin would be more than happy to hear me say that because he's a 49ers guy through and through. So what grade do you think the Niners are going to have come season's end? That all depends on Trey Lance. And so if he's and it's difficult because now you've got Jimmy G looking over his shoulder on every single snap every single practice and i don't think that the uh, leash is going to be very long for trey lance i think he can do it and uh if you drafted him thinking that he was gonna be something he he may well be something but then again if they struggle i don't think they're gonna wait long to signal to the bullpen i mean let's get in here because like i said i think they have they have a legitimate playoff team they have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl, I think. And so they're not going to sit around and let their season start at like, let's say one and three. 
or something like that. Well, so what do you think people see at a Lance? Like what is, what is, what's the upside? What's the potential? What, because it's not just every day we hand an offense of a Super Bowl contender to a 22 year old kid in their second year, but they are. So what but is they it sure that they are. see? So they, they, they see him as, as being Lamar Jackson. He has the same kind of skill set. He can, he can take the ball and, and, and take it around the end. And either he could pitch it or he could throw it at the last minute. And that's the kind of offense right there that, that the NFL, well, they're used to seeing it more now because of LeBar Jackson and guys like him and uh, Murray and things like that. And so that's the kind of thing I think they're, they're looking to get Murray. They're looking to get Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson, he exploded onto the scene. Remember his first year, he wasn't a whole lot. Then all of a sudden he was the MVP until they got to the playoffs. <laughs> and so that just is what it is. But uh, that's what they see him as being, as that kind of a quarterback. And he can be that. And the kind of rushing ability that he has is something that adds to that offense. And it's something that they're going to certainly have to, they're going to have to change their offensive identity because Jimmy Garoppolo surely could not do that. Well, let's talk through the weapons they surround. So any young quarterback is going to rely heavily on a handful of weapons you put around him. The guys that put around Lance, right? The running game in itself. I feel like the running game is really more of a function of coach Shanahan, right? Right. Um, So don't depend on any of their, if you're in a fantasy mode, Elijah Mitchell, I guess, is about as good as a running back as you're going to find. But they do that thing where they play this guy, kind of like the Patriots have in the past, where you don't know if this guy might score two touchdowns in one week, and all of a sudden the next week he gets five carries. Right, so, and they, they even will sometimes pull Debo Samuel back there, right? Debo like Samuel, and that's going to be the interesting question for them because – he turned that whole thing, that whole offense on its head because he could run it, he could catch it. And then he started squawking about, well, he didn't want to run it, but that's why they wanted to pay him money. And so that's probably not the way I would have approached that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, oh, they're yeah, gonna, they're willing fair. to pay you this amount of money, but you're not willing to do that, which got you the contract in the first place. They might scale that back a little bit, but they they're going to have him do some some in the rounds and things that really, you know, took the Cowboys right out of their game plan. Yeah. This past, you know, past year. Um, and then I, we would be remiss to not talk about George Kittle. Every young quarterback needs a good tight end. George Kittle is in the top handful of guys in the league. Yeah. That's not somebody I'm touching. Well, so in a fantasy perspective, no, but, Kittle is also a tremendous blocker that can show up in fantasy. He's probably the best tight end blocker there is. And so yeah. what kind of advantage does George Kittle offer a guy like Trey Lance or be, is the passing game going to hurt so much it doesn't matter? Well, it's going to matter. First of all, he needs to be healthy. And I was reading that uh, he's having some issues this in the preseason. and uh, But if he's healthy – that's the kind of guy that if I'm uh, Trey Lance, I'll just get behind him and let let him lead me to the promised land. 
because as, he's a good block, maybe the best blocking tight end. And so if he is doing that, then all kinds of things could happen on the on the on the end arounds and 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 pitch outs and all that sort of thing. May not may not really give a whole lot to his catches, which he'll get that he'll get his, his share of catches. But uh, he is not the top five tight end that he as far as catching that he once was. One, it doesn't sound like you're confident he'll get the opportunities even, even if he's right, right, right. exactly he's as talented. He's a great blocker that takes him away from from catching the football. He's, yeah. you know, Dalton Schultz can't block like he can, and he's not expected to. And that's why Dalton Schultz is, will catch far more passes this year, I think, in, in the Cowboys' offense than uh, – than what will happen with the 49ers. So um, as we look at the Niners, let, let's also think through like the defense side of the ball, right? Because we're talking about a run game, a running quarterback, a lot, a shrink, a shrinking of their pass game. What is their defense going to look like? Are there any studs you think the names stick out of, or is this really just going to be all on Trey Lance's shoulders? I don't think it's going to be all on Trey Lance. And one thing that needs to be said about him is he needs to demonstrate like Russell Wilson could get down or get out of bounds like few quarterbacks, which is fortunate because he got hit so many times in the Seattle offense. He's got to, if he's going to be doing that, you know, with the runs and everything else, he's going to be exposed to a lot of hits. And so he needs to be able to figure out, well, the play is over, so I need to go down or out of bounds so he doesn't give up his body. And so uh, he that's one of the things I'm going to be looking at coming into the season. Can he, you know, don't don't be giving up your body to the gods because you want one more yard. <laughs> so so, to so say. on their defense, though, um, what, what names stick out to you as guys to pay attention to? Well, certainly got to pay attention to Bosa. Right. So... And uh, if I was uh, a 49ers guy, which if you're a Seahawks fan, that is a literal, literal impossibility. You <laughs> cannot be a Seahawks and a 49ers fan all at the same time. It just doesn't work. So, but uh, I think they've got a pretty good mix of, of their uh, up forward, you know, their uh, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, and so uh, they could be a solid, solid defense. And if that's what happens, then, then Trey Lance doesn't have to put up 30 points per game. Fair enough. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think the natural segue to Seattle will be the comparison you made, <laughs> the lessons that Lance can learn from, from Wilson. I just – I feel like everyone's really high on the Niners, and I, I feel like it's just a risky – I feel like putting a lot in on the Niners right now would be fairly risky of a proposition just because of the unknown. Seattle, you're a big fan. Trey Lance. Unfortunately for me this year, yes. Trey Lance has a lot to learn from old Russell Wilson tape. Um, Before we get too far, what grade do you think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to earn this season? I'm going to say D. All right. So, frankly, uh, I'm glad we didn't get an if F If they win there. five games, I will be shocked. 
So be quite honest with you. What do you have to be optimistic about? Because I'm not, they are resetting, they are rebuilding. It's a lot of new faces. Is there anyone you're like, I just need to see growth well, out of this guy? The this interesting year? part about them, aside from the quarterback position, they have weapons. They've got, you know, Metcalf. He's only 23 years old. And uh, Tyler, even though it seems like he's been around for 150 years now, he's still a solid wide receiver. And Noah Font can be a now that Russell because Russell Wilson never used the tight end, right? The whole time he was up there in Seattle, and so uh, but he's not there. So Noah Font can be a solid tight end. Rashad Penny was probably the best running back coming down the stretch the last five games of the season a year ago. He actually had 200 yards rushing in one game. And so, uh, but the issue with, of course, with him is he was absent right. before that. And then you got uh, Walker, and he's a rookie. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And Carson, his neck, kind of like he maybe was like Frankenstein, and he had bolts on the side <laughs> of his, you know. Unfortunately for him, that ended his career. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Carson I don't mean the laugh, the, the Frankenstein right, right. thing. <laughs> but, you know, but that's just, that's his neck. And if you have a neck injury, you certainly don't want to be on a football field because that's the kind of thing that you may not walk away from right. ever again. And so uh, I think between the two running backs, between Walker and between Penny, their running game is going to be okay. They actually use some coin on their offensive line this year, which I think is kind of interesting because Russell Wilson was like, can I please get an offensive line? And they never did do that. And this past year, they used their first round pick on an off left tackle. I'm sure Russell Wilson was like, where was that dude? <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't have got sacked 47 times a year or whatever. Right. So they're building their offensive line. They've got all the things going for them. But when they made that trade, I said, well, please don't let Drew Locke be the starter. Well, <laughs> Drew Locke is not the starter. Geno Smith is. And that does not bring any confidence whatsoever. And <laughs> yeah, so, be careful what you wish for, Kevin. <laughs> that's right. And so Geno Smith is the starter. He is a good backup. He showed that he could, you know, he was the, when Russell Wilson was hurt, he was not anything spectacular. And so he can be the backup. But as the starter, it's got disaster written all over it. And so the only thing that gives me optimism is they won't play well and they'll get maybe like C.J. Stroud from Ohio State in the draft next year. Well, and so you perfectly segued me because that was going to be where I was going with this. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, yeah. Levis, the guy to Kentucky, although I've heard mixed reviews there. It weirdly feels like they've got all of this talent that you just mentioned. They're going to not win a whole lot of games. And then they're going to have another young quarterback on a rookie contract with a bunch of talent around him. It feels weirdly like the potential for 2023 is kind of like the team back in 2010, 11, when they had Wilson on the rookie contract and their money was being spent on defense, but they had a That's lot of right. talent. That's why him. they had the Legion of Boom. And I uh, was able to pay Marshawn Lynch and all those guys. And so, uh, but then Russell Wilson got signed for what was it? 40 million or whatever. Then all of a sudden now there's no money left. 
<laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Right. So that's one of the reasons why he's in Denver now. And so uh, it's, it's possible. It, you don't want to hatch a whole lot of, you know, because we're not even at 2023 yet. And no, uh, yeah, fair, fair. You know what I mean? But uh, so to sit there and say, okay, we're going to bring in a rookie quarterback and we're going to go back to winning 10 games. Maybe you need to have a little longer lens than that and maybe two <laughs> years from now. Because that's what happened. With this rookie year, he got him to the playoffs. And then the second year is when he won. Well, and he, he was very good his rookie year, I remember. I just um, – it's like you're saying the second year, then, then their Super Bowl kind of good. Um, is there any defensive name on the Seahawks the fans need to know about? There is none. <laughs> sorry. I don't mean to laugh. You know, just... you know, it, it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. It really isn't. It could be, it could be good, but good is as about as good as you think that you're going to get out of them. If they uh, can climb into the top 20, then there you go. Right. And that's, that's a long way away from the Seattle we used to know and love. I really liked watching right. the Legion of Boom play. Obviously, right. I'm not a Seattle fan. I just I liked watching them play a lot. Kevin, as we wrap up here, you're a big fantasy guy. You are super active in the belly mm-hmm. of fantasy community. Where can people find you, your work, your shows, your writing, etc.? Where are you these days? Well, we uh, we're we have a show, the uh, Belly Up Fantasy Live. Football. It was the dynasty edition, but now that we're starting the season, it's going to be the uh, Sunday morning preview. It comes on at 11 Sunday mornings, Eastern time and 10 o'clock where we live. And so, uh, so we got that going on and uh, starting next week, I'm going to be having, I'm going to be discussing who you want to pick up off the waiver wire in fantasy football. As, uh, as we all know, the waiver wire is where you win a championship. You can draft and you draft great, but then all of a sudden your guy gets hit on the knee and all of a sudden, bam. <laughs> so I'm going to have an article coming out once a week for that, who to pick up off the waiver wire. And we're also in the middle of the uh, fantasy baseball playoffs. And so we have our Belly Up Fantasy Live baseball show that comes on at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. And uh, we're going to do that until we're told to leave the air. <laughs> and uh, so we got that. And uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. Yep, I still got SEA in my name. So and it'll be that way till I guess, till I pass away or whatever. But uh but that's the way it is. Seattle, my team, just that's the way it is. Kev, thanks so much for coming on today. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? 
Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, <laughs> but it'll keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or 